in episode 61 of Game My Mom Found. My Mom Found. Wow. Um, who are the evil residents with me tonight? Ooh, resident Stefan JD. Evil Stuart Hughes. Biohazardous Jesse Chavez. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <sighs> and for those confused, because the title will not say Resident Evil in this title, well, you'll find out in one second why we said all that. Mm-hmm. Before we get too far, two things I want to do. One, I want to give a quick shout out to another podcast that I actually just started listening to. I ran into the host in another group I'm in called Some of My Friends Read Comics. It's a comic book podcast where each each week they kind of do what we do once a month, which is going to be more soon, and dive into different comic books, like a different story art and kind of talk about it. So if you if you like our comic episodes, definitely give them a check out. Check them out. Man, podcast names are getting longer these days. So the next one's going to be like that thing that we saw that we did that time. <laughs> you know, I bet you there's something like that. I can find it's it. Gonna, it's going to turn into like anime. Like, is it, is it wrong to talk about video games on a podcast? <laughs> I don't hear. I mean, In honor of bad uh, Japanese to English translations, I looked up my name in Japanese to how to say it, and I don't even know how to begin. <laughs> Suchuatu Huzu. <laughs> One more thing I also want to do. It's gonna I, it's a new thing I'm gonna to try to start doing. Each month I want to recognize which state out of the U.S. had the most downloads for for us, and what country outside the U.S. had the most downloads. So that's gonna be a new thing I want to start. Um, unfortunately, I didn't think about till after we recorded the first episode of March because it didn't come <laughs> to me right away. So from now on, it will be the first week of the month. But I do want to give a quick shout out first. I don't understand why, but um, the, the number one state was Oklahoma last month for downloads. Uh, Oklahoma. Okay. And which is Stop odd because Oklahoma was never one of our top states before. So awesome to all you Oklahoma, Oklahoma-ers out there. That's what we're going to call you. Yeah. And second was Illinois. Third was Cali. Oklahoma. And the number one Oklahoma? country. Oklahomans. Uh, is it? <laughs> yes. It sounds about right. I'll go with it. I didn't know we were doing this. <laughs> I know. I don't tell. I don't communicate. And the number one country besides besides the United States was Mexico. So thank you out there, Mexico. Mm. Oklahomans or Okies? All right. Um, Stefan, you want to introduce what lovely gang you picked out for us tonight? Ah, uh, we are playing Sweet Home, the survival horror role playing game made by Capcom in 1989, which. Didn't get a release here, and it was a movie-based game, so it's this game is a property. It's an IP. Yes. <laughs> and why are we playing this game, Stefan? <laughs> and we are playing this game because it's basically what inspired Resident Evil, yeah. one of the greatest Capcom series of all time. <laughs> I actually have a quote from Shinji Mikami about that. He said, um, and I quote, The meeting that got the ball rolling on Resident Evil 3 was... In 93, we were in Capcom's Osaka Development Studio. My current boss, Tokuro Fujiwara, called me in to talk to him. He said that he wanted us to make a horror game using systems from Sweet Home, which was a horror game on the Famicom that he had directed. So, yeah, it's definitely... When you play this game, and we'll talk about it, you can definitely feel Resident Evil in there. Oh, yeah. It's 100% Resident Evil. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And Fujiwara would become a uh, producer of Resident Evil as well. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Fuji, I, for uh, her audience, Takura Fujiwara was like, like a very early director. Of, he basically like helped build Capcom. Yeah. Brick by brick. Yeah. Directed a lot of those early games. Helped help make Mega Man, Bionic Commando, Sweet Home. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's been a producer on almost every single Mega Man game. That sounds about right. 
can't believe I played this game. It made Ghosts <laughs> and Goblins. Oh, Ghosts and Goblins. One thing I want to say before we get too <laughs> a game far. that may end up being on the podcast in the future. Oh, well, man. I got save states. I'm okay. But I I almost gave up on this game. The first day I started playing it for the show was like a Wednesday, and we record on Sundays for those that don't know. And I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? And I'm trying to play it. I had to restart the opening thing three times. And I was ready to be like, fuck this game. I'm done. Fuck Stefan and his damn picks. Fuck this. And yeah. I started watching a YouTube video. And I followed along with a YouTube video. And I'm like, and then I started to understand the game. But yeah, so I we should probably set this up a little bit because it's it's the movie explains the game because the game kind of explains what's going on like bit by bit because you have to go take pictures of the things called frescoes, which are basically murals. But uh, on a wall. Yeah, it's <laughs> they all look the same. Um, yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it starts with this this dude who is like a famous painter in a mansion and his wife was Lady Mamia. I think it's pronounced something like that. Yeah. And yeah, so basically her baby was playing in a furnace for some reason and <laughs> she, she turned on the furnace like a bad parent and it died and burned to death. And so she went a little crazy and decided to kidnap some kids and then burn them in the furnace, too. Yep. To give her, her child some playmates. <laughs> oh, so, like a sky, oh, oh, uh, I got a siren in the background. Sorry. That's all right. Oh, that's all right. Now we're <laughs> anyway. a real podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, eventually people came seeking revenge, obviously, from the town and she couldn't deal with it. So she tossed herself in the furnace and now she haunts the mansion. And these camera crews and documentarians get the bright idea that they want to cover the art of Lady Mamiya's husband, and they go to the mansion, and then they get trapped in there. And that's sweet home. That's funny. Is uh, I was just talking to somebody the other day about. It's like we were talking about like how Japan has like a, a weird amount of serial killers and people who just like break. <laughs> like you're like I guess it's because like the whole society is pretty like uptight and constantly under like a extreme amount of pressure people just like kind of break over there so we're like yeah serial killers just show up in like all, like almost any japanese media suddenly there's a serial killer it doesn't matter if it's like a kid's show or like a cartoon <laughs> you're like we have to stop we have to go save this pokemon and also there's a serial killer on the loose wasn't there like a weird statistic somewhere that said like every 10 years you're you're prob probably going to walk by a serial killer at some point in your life it's more than 10 like years that. yeah I, that makes total sense to me future serial killers. I think I think Japan also has like one of the highest per capita. I, this is I have no idea if this is true. This is something I think I heard once. So no idea if this is accurate. I've never seen like some stat like Japan has like the highest per capita like amount of uh, female serial killers. I, I believe it. I don't know. I watch that show Deadly Women all the time and it, oddly enough they all like are based in Arizona. Yeah, it's all whenever you watch those shows, like any any show on ID, like snapped, I fucking love snapped. <laughs> and then she snapped. Yeah, and then and she it's always killed. like in the middle of the Midwest, some nowhere town. <laughs> happens in the middle of nowhere. Couldn't Bad things happen. Karen get out of her small town life, and then she snapped. That's every episode. <laughs> it's never a light snap. It's never as like, and she got revenge by baking yeah. X-Lax into the into the church camp brownies or something. And so it's, no, then she just fucking murdered everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and they always have the line: "Rumors spread fast in a small town." It's like you can't say that every episode. Yeah, <laughs> you can. You keep watching. 
Sure. But yeah, as you, were, as you were saying, Mike, about the game. Sorry. So this game is for NES and it looks kind of like Dragon Warrior in your early Final Fantasy games. Well, more Dragon Warrior. It's a it is turn based like the whole it actually works as a survival horror game when I didn't expect it. Like I knew of this game going in. I had heard of it. I have never played it, but I've always been interested to try it. That went away in the first hour or first 10 minutes. But because <laughs> yeah, it, it was about an hour in and I was like, I know exactly why Stefan loves this game. And I got like another hour and I was like, Mike is going to hate this game. <laughs> <laughs> well, what we should say is each character only has three item slots, one item that each character starts with and two empty item slots to carry random items that you're going to find throughout the game. Plus, they can hold one weapon. And they mm-hmm. one weapon, which the and weapons I thought were really funny until I watched the movie. And I was like, OK, now the weapons make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're from the movie. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's a reason like the like the weapon as you go through the mansion, the weapons get like more and more powerful. You know, yeah. your basic uh, turn based fighter. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. the, one of the most powerful weapons is a pitchfork. And I was like, why is a pitchfork the most powerful weapon in the game? And I watched the movie and I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> That makes sense. <laughs> they kill someone with a pitchfork or something? Yeah. In the yeah, okay. a pitchfork is a weapon in the movie. I think at one point, doesn't she even throw a stroller at Lady Mamiya? Yeah. I, and I, I was like, where's the stroller weapon? I want to use that. Yeah, we'll probably where's talk about the, the movie. yellow dress? A fair amount. <laughs> yeah. Just because the game is so inspired by it. Mm-hmm. You actually well, do get the dress. Well, I mean, the dress is a thing in the game. It's an item. I didn't get it. I, yeah. I heard my video, my guide... One of the many guys I looked up talk about it, but it it isn't. I didn't need it to beat it. Yeah, I, I didn't come it across just, it in mine. Just ups your like your praying mm-hmm. power. What the fuck did praying do anyway? Okay, it's, so it's magic. <laughs> it's the game's magic mechanic. Yeah, it's MP. It's the <laughs> only game. It is the only situation where thoughts and prayers are actually effective. Unfortunately, <laughs> what are you talking a... about? Paul Ryan went on record and said, "We're going to do thoughts and prayers because thoughts and prayers work." Yes. Uh, <laughs> Thoughts and prayers are gonna, gonna go there. <laughs> I always quote that quote because he said that bullshit. So I always make fun of that quote. Whether or not, whatever you believe, whatever, it's still a dumb quote from a politician. Thoughts <laughs> and prayers are gonna be how we stop Corona. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll talk about that in two weeks. But yeah, it like I like how essentially like I was like I, every time I saw prayer points on the screen, I like laughed a little bit because all I could think was, yeah, that's basically what Final Fantasy is. Like, there's magic in Final Fantasy. <laughs> But basically, in Final Fantasy, magic is just praying. It would well, make much more sense to call them pray, prayer points. Or not even prayer points, pray points. Well, that's the thing, too, is like, if a chandelier is going to fall on you, are you going to dive out of the way or pray? Yeah, pray. <laughs> Definitely pray, pray right? Pray the, yeah. pray the chandelier away. Yep. I like to imagine that when it actually works and saves you from damage, it's just like, oh, it landed to the left of me. Sweet! We should know that more. <laughs> Some things are going to come up. We'll probably make fun of like a couple things in this game, but yes, we this game was not released here. So all of us played a fan translation. Very there are various fan translations out there, mm-hmm. and uh, like some of them are better than others. The one uh, I played, uh, for instance, had prey points, and I thought that was really funny. Um, I'm assuming we all played the one from our buddy Vim, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, yeah. mine was uh, from Gaijin. I played Gaijin. another one. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I had pray like there was a line that came up at some point that was like, you don't have enough pray points. And I was like, mm, not getting into heaven this way. Yeah. <laughs> Time so, to turn up the prayer conditioning. <laughs> I got to up my pray. 
So something that Jesse pointed out to me that I didn't notice even after I oh, I should mention, too, I literally just beat this game minutes ago before we started recording. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to finish this or we're not recording. It's going to happen. But something that Jesse had pointed out to me is that I was bitching about the players, how they only have two slots to carry around in inventory. I'm like, at least they give you six in Resident Evil. But if you put all the players together, you do get that six. So, I mean, it's there. (laughs) I I. Like at first I was like, oh man, this is I, I immediately my heart sank started playing this game because I was like, this it's like there are five characters and you essentially play as all five and move them around. And I was like, oh Jesus Christ, this is just gonna be Resident Evil Zero. Oh no, oh no. <laughs> kind but of, it, actually, there's no leeches. It you know works. how much Stefan loves leeches. <laughs> well, there's kind of leeches. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> there's worms. You have to, at some at multiple points in the game, you have to fight hallways full filled with worms. Yeah. Um, which actually isn't a thing in the movie that was added for the game. Well, yeah, it's kind of that thing that they did with a lot of NES games back in the day. Kind of like how Friday the 13th, you, you don't just fight Jason, you fight zombies and bats and other random creatures and shit. Vaguely horror elements to throw in there. <laughs> but yeah. then like some other stuff is like directly taken from the movie. And then there's a lot of things that are directly taken from the game and put into Resident Evil, which I wasn't I wasn't expecting how much of this game would feel like Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Like the, the door animations are directly <laughs> ported to Resident Evil. Yes, mm-hmm. they were. I like them. I mean, they open and then you go through them, but it was still cool to see the whole door animation. I'm like, ah, are you? Yeah. We should explain the team too. This this game is not easy in any way. I think I died oh. the first five times no. I played it before I even got it. And part of the reason for that <laughs> is that your team you can only have three people together. There's five of them and you can only have Mm. three to a team or two in the other. And part of the problem of that is that when you're fighting something, sometimes you, you can use this little command called call and get the other teams to come over and help you. So essentially they're all there. Like final fantasy, you have a team lined up, Mm. but you have to stay close to each other. Otherwise you'll die. Actually, I ended up really liking that mechanic. I thought it ended up being really cool. Yeah, because I had like I had like my vanguard team. That I was like, OK, these two are like really strong. So they're going to go in first and do the fighting, which that not that that really matters because it's an early fighting game. So enemies just kind of like appear. You, you just will be walking and like the battle music starts playing. You're you like, mean, All right, we're doing this early RPG. You keep saying fighter and it's bothering me. Sorry, early <laughs> RPG, um, <laughs> early RPG fighters, early RPG. All games are fighting <laughs> games, really, when you get down to it. <laughs> Minecraft is a fighting game. <laughs> it, um, it looks like fight original zone. Final Fantasy or Dragon Warrior, where you're walking top down in a in a place. Sprites are about the same size, and like in Dragon Warrior, you get into a random battle with an enemy, but you can't see your any of your characters, just their name. For it's, those that, it's more like Earthbound in that way. Yeah, you Dragon just Warrior does too. Mm-hmm. Early Dragon Warrior up till eight did that. It's very oh. similar to Inuyasha: Curse of the Shikon Jewel. All right, so. Or sorry, yeah. Secret of the Curse Mask. What is that yeah, going to be on this show? It <laughs> might be on my list for next <laughs> season. <laughs> so, I've really just been waiting for us now. to be able to do longer games and <laughs> just waiting to throw that on there. <laughs> I mean, I I got to say, like, when I was excited to play an RPG on this show again. We haven't played a, a actual RPG since Golden Sun, yeah. which was a long, long time ago. <laughs> We're about to play a shitload of them back to back, so we'll see how that goes. Mm. <laughs> well, I, I mean, the next, the next season. Yeah, we're playing a few. I was excited, <laughs> and then I kind of turned, but then this game got to a point where I started to actually turn around on it. Like, at first, I didn't like switching between characters. I, I ran from almost every fight in this game that I could 
because mm-hmm. I was using save states, I would just like save load, save load, and I could easily run from fights that way. Oh, but you can't run from fights because you need to be a certain level towards the end of the game. <laughs> uh, I I maxed out near there just because oh, okay. I hadn't good I, enough weapons. I had to do a fair amount of grinding at the end. Yeah, I think I was on level 12 when I started grinding. But like the thing about this game and everyone should do this if they're going to play it, it's just grind early because it's so easy to level up in this game and you you literally max out at level 20. So just do it. It's not even like a grinding thing. It's more like just explore and you Mm -hmm. will get in enough fights for it to not matter. Right. Like I I didn't do that much exploring and I had I done more, it would have been fine. Mm -hmm. I mean, what broke me? was I love RPGs and I love leveling, but I couldn't just heal myself. Like in this game, the only way to heal is to find stupid tonics that are spread throughout the game. I mean, there's a decent amount, I feel like, in the end, but I need I want an in. I want to put up a tent. I want to just be able to rest when I feel like it. Not oh, you gotta find that one item here and there. <laughs> oh, that's that survival horror influence right there. I mean yeah. it's you know very limited <laughs> supplies. Yeah I, I like survival horror. The... I play a lot like now. That... Yeah I've uh Weird. I've slowly gone away from survival horrors, weirdly, but I'm trying, as I've mentioned before on the show, I'm trying to play like not just on this show, but outside the show. I'm trying to play games that are like outside my usual area. So mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to like expand I, my boundaries. I feel like this game's kind of a good candidate for that, because honestly, I haven't seen too many horror RPGs in my day. I know there's probably a few more out there, but like, it, yeah, for me, like the only ones I've come across is this and uh, Parasite Eve. So it's kind of. It's always nice. It's like, you know, hey, you got your peanut butter and my chocolate, you know? I feel like games is the only way I can, like, fully enjoy Japanese horror. Because I I like Japanese horror movies. Like, I like, uh, like, Ringu and, like, um, The Tale of Two Sisters. I like those movies a lot. But Japanese horror is, like, on a different level than any other horror in any other, like, country. Yeah, even even the movie to this game, it's like some of the music just doesn't belong in there. It's just this really happy-go-lucky soundtrack and then all of a sudden it's dark and brooding and it makes no sense i don't even know how to describe it because it's not like like surrealist i mean there are elements of like surrealism in japanese horror but it's more like pure psychological i guess of this is weird and it doesn't make sense in the context of the movie but it's really just you out as an audience member uh japanese horror is is something i've never like fully connected to I, I agree. It's uh, when it comes to Japanese horror, I feel like they kind of take psychological horror to the next level. Yeah, it was one of the reasons I really appreciated Silent Hill, because it was strangely enough, it was American horror through the lens of Japanese horror. So it was that weird cross combo. That's a yeah. good uh, on the episode. <laughs> um, yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a good description of it, though. There's a couple of movies that I think like I think some horror movies now are going there. Like uh, like the Insidious movies and Sinister movies. I don't really like those, but I feel like they're more Japanese in their style than like a standard horror film. I don't know. America to me has never had. There are good horror movies, but America to me has never had like the best horror movies. Well, I've early, early horror. I, I think we were, just, you know, kind of stronger. But these days we're kind of just recycling what we steal from other countries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> South Korea and Italy, I think, will always have us beat. <laughs> yeah. South Korean horror. Oh, my God. That shit freaks me the fuck out. I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, South Korean pop music, BTS. Can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> can't South do Korea it. is Speaking... like, uh, they on the real shit. They, uh, <laughs> South Korea is on like a completely different level than any other country with media. I don't when, understand it. 
I do want to say this game does a good job. Like throughout the, the entire premise of the game is, as I was saying a little bit earlier, each character has their own unique item. So as you're moving the two teams around, you're trying to solve different puzzles. Like you'll find broken glass laying around and you got to suck it up with the vacuum because you can't step on it. <sighs> yeah. um, vacuum cleaner. You'll find I... locked doors. You'll was... find ropes. You have to burn with a lighter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, uh. It's just weird. And a camera because you have to take pictures of these portraits after you sometimes suck the dust off, take a picture of it, then it gives you a clue to what to do next in the game. And that's kind of like the checkpoints as you progress through this game. Yeah. Like, and uh, there are a lot of fucking traps. There are. I like how all the items make perfect sense, except for the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> it's the most yeah. sexist weapon in the game. <laughs> I didn't know it was a girl until the <laughs> end when you have to fight the clones. I thought it was a guy the entire time. Asuka's a girl's name. <laughs> oh, yeah, so I, I two that. and two together. I... I, I I did, yeah. I thought that was really fucking weird until I watched the movie, and I was like, "Oh, she's like, she's supposed to be like the art restorer. Like she is, she's an art restorer in the movie. So it makes sense that she has a vacuum cleaner. Because like the first thing she does in the movie is like start vacuuming off the walls to reveal the frescoes underneath. And that's like a direct thing that happens in the game. You have to. I always kept Asuka and um, Rio uh, Taguchi together because Asuka could vacuum off the frescoes, and then Rio could take a picture of them, and you take pictures of the frescoes to get clues. It makes sense too. They're kind of like a bumbling duo in the movie, a little bit, or at least a couple. <laughs> bumbling mm-hmm. duo slash one is like, <laughs> like sexually stalking and assaulting one of them, and the other is just like a weirdo <laughs> who immediately loses uh, her mind. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. But in the I terms of Japanese or yeah, bumbling duo, <laughs> I did not want to watch. <laughs> it's um, uh, it's all right. It's it's weird. It's all right. It, it reminded me a lot of like like Rose Red or. Good movie, uh, TV show, um, yeah, mini series, mini series, yeah. yeah. It, no, it, not honest... mini series. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you fuck. Um, yeah, I, I love Rose Red a lot. I know a lot of people don't. I love Rose Red, and then too. like uh, had some like I was getting like Haunting of Hill House vibes, but then I looked into the like the movie, and one of the writers was like, "Yeah, we were inspired by the haunting," and I was like, "Okay, yeah, that makes sense." Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Uh... Funny enough, Rose Red was basically Stephen King's script for the adaptation of The Haunting that they nixed in favor of that Catherine Zeta-Jones version they did. Owen oh, oh, Wilson poorly is CGI'd, headless. Yes. Uh, like if You know your movie's bad if lesbian Catherine Zeta-Jones can't save it. But anyway. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, that movie should Oh, God. That movie had fucking... This is a tangent, but that movie had Catherine Zeta-Jones, Owen Wilson, and Liam Neeson, and I can't remember the other female actress, but like, like those Cooper or something. Yeah, those three actors alone like should have been enough. And yeah, God, that movie fucking sucks. They were trying. It's just that dialogue was obviously not written by a native English speaker. But anyway, we have yeah. to get out of this house. Instead of yeah. watching The Haunting, just go watch Sweet Home. It's so much better. Yeah, yeah. And then watch Haunting of Hill House because it's fucking oh. phenomenal. And for anyone mm. that does want to watch Sweet Home, the only way to watch it is on YouTube. So it is on yep. YouTube. Yeah, so I think at this point, it's I mean, it's probably not going to go away being a like early. It's like 89 horror film from Japan. Like, I don't know if they're, nobody cares. Yeah, I don't know if the copyright system is really going to. Well, it was made by Toho, but they, they're they're very tightly locked on the rights to it. They they won't they don't want to do any like re-releases or anything. So. Don't hold your breath for a Criterion release, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, <laughs> watch if you care, watch it on YouTube. I don't. I don't care. know. Uh, 
Except I, you know, I would say I don't know if it deserves it, but I did. There were some things in the movie did that I was like, that's really interesting. Like I was not expecting mm-hmm. like suddenly female protagonists to show up. Like those practical effects are actually done by the same dude who worked on Evil Dead. So I that makes a lot of sense to yeah, me. Yeah, it's worth watching yeah. just for that alone. Yeah. But, uh, well, I did like how much the mansion changes as you're exploring the mansion, as you're trying to. I mean, the whole thing is you're trying because you, as you once you go inside, I don't think we said this, like a bunch of rocks fall down and then the ghost comes and says you're all going to die and yeah. you can't go out the way you came in because, you know, there's a dog outside and you can't open the go- can't open the door. Sound <laughs> <laughs> That's a big I mean, thing it, from um, a haunting influence as well, because in the haunting, a lot of like uh, this is this is done at varying levels of effectiveness in all the uh, remakes, but in the haunting, the house will actually like change its like architecture while people are in it. Yeah, it doesn't do it in this game. Nothing changes. I mean, it. I, well, like floors fall out, and uh, like you'll like there at some point you walk into there are rooms like in the basement you walk into, and like you you oh. go through the door, and then there's no floor, and you just fall in a sand pit. <laughs> oh God, that. I want to say you can die there really. Like, I was watching my oh, little yes. guy go in circles and circles and circles, and he got very close to going straight down that hole, and he wasn't coming back, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, can, uh, you can absolutely fall down a sand pit and then get cut in half. Yeah, this you is... Can... It's directly like Resident Evil in every way. There's traps everywhere. I mean, everything is trying to kill you. <laughs> everything. It's weird. It's a, It's super effective as a uh, survival horror game, and it's also really effective as just, like, an RPG. Mm-hmm. it's just I, I like going into it when the first battle start showing i was like this is a really weird way to do horror and it works, like by though. the end of it i was like i'm just i was like i ended up having a lot of fun doing that i i usually in a lot of games if i not there wasn't writing in this game but in a lot of games if i'm enjoying some aspect of it and i get thrown into a battle i'm like all right let's just get this battle over with so that i can enjoy like the rest of the game mm-hmm. oh, i can't remember if we said they're there to film a documentary why they go inside the house. We, yes. Yeah, we did. They're, okay. Yeah, they're filming the documentary to find the lost frescoes of Mamiya. So Which that's, are again, apparently all the same. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly the same. But that's that's part of the game, too, is that when you're going around, and for anyone who's ever played Resident Evil, they'll obviously get this right off the bat. It's You're just going around trying to unlock as many doors as you can because yes. every door has something new in it that leads to a new area. And like like Mike said with the tonics, just treat them as herbs. It's the same thing. They're just spread out, and there's only so many of them, so you have to be careful. <laughs> and uh, Amy is also the master of unlocking because she picked up the key yes. in the beginning. <laughs> yes. They had to give her something to do. She really didn't have much in the movie. She's a MacGuffin. Oh, oh man. Yeah. There's a uh, line... Like the second strong, one of the, the strongest characters. Yeah, there's a line in the movie where her dad's like, you know, you're kind of bitchy. I feel sorry yeah. for your future husband. <laughs> yeah, you're a real bitchy woman. He yeah. says to his like, like vaguely late teen daughter. Like she's supposed to be like 15, 17, but she looks 23. We don't know. <laughs> I love their relationship in the movie so much of like for uh to give to give we're gonna have to talk about the movie because the game doesn't have any dialogue so or it has dialogue but it doesn't have very much dialogue you don't really get to know these characters whereas the movie is like basically an hour of getting to know people (laughs) it's a two-hour movie and the first hour of getting to know everybody it's an nes game so that's that's a big reason of it i I would say yeah it's to be expected in the movie like um Kazuo is like the he's like a film producer. His wife died a while ago and like the daughter's like 
the daughter is kind of over it, but the dad's just holding on to it. And she, I love how much of an adult she is. <laughs> she's just like, she's like, why don't you ask out like Akiko? And he's like, ah, you don't know anything. You're a teenager. <laughs> she's just like, get off your ass and ask out Akiko. Take your fucking dirty socks off. Clean this goddamn house with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and hit just... on that fucking lady. <laughs> That's surprisingly common for a single parent household. Sometimes the kid kind of becomes the parent and they're just like, no, pull yourself together. Damn it. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't be the one taking care of you. <laughs> oh, shit. Then the dad has his hero moment. <laughs> I, 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 kind of. We all know Akiko was the real fucking hero of that movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I yeah. really should have watched this movie. I feel I feel very left out right I don't, now. I don't you know. should. I don't know if you want me to spoil the the end of it. Is very funny. It's it's a it's like a horror movie with a very funny ending. I think. Trust me, I don't give a shit. Okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna watch it ever. You can. Um. Okay. Spoilers for a movie that's literally 30, 40 years old. Forty years old at this point. Um. Thirty-one. Thirty-one. Thirty-one years old. Uh, Kazuo, the dad, is like, and he gets kidnapped by uh, Lady Mamiya, Mamiya the ghost, who's like a shadow ghost, um, which is a big thing in Japanese horror. If just watch The Ring or not The Ring, uh, fuck, what is that other movie? Grudge? Where The Grudge, yeah, they watch The Grudge. The Grudge, like, well, Japanese water ghost controls shadows, that kind of ghost, mm-hmm. <laughs> and kidnaps Emmy because she's like a child, even though really everyone's a child, so I don't know why Emmy was picked out of the crowd. <laughs> everyone has been a child at some point um she's like you are my like you are now my child i i'm going to burn you and give you to my son as a gift japanese horror everybody um and kazo the dad's like i'm gonna go save my daughter stay here runs in the house and like immediately disappears and then akiko's like i guess i'm the hero now (laughs) goes in pretends to be the mom defeats the ghost like returns her baby to her saves the daughter and they're like she's like i'm sorry i guess your dad's just dead and as they're walking away a fucking if the camera goes back in the house and a fucking like wall breaks down and the dad falls out of a cupboard is like i guess i survived uh, <laughs> so, so he's such a hapless character i love him yep <laughs> like the wall falls down and he's like he's like holding onto this little amulet it's like torn all up to hell yeah, this this all started, too, because the guy who runs the camera for the documentary kicked over some rocks on yeah. a grave. <laughs> Taro. Yeah. Taro. Fucking idiot. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's how it all starts. <laughs> Immediately make you hate that guy. <laughs> it's the fucking it's the Blair Witch beginning where they go into the woods and they start snapping all the the shit in the trees. And it's like, don't do that. <laughs> I know you don't know that you're in a horror movie, but come on. <laughs> You know, in regards to the story, there's one thing, another Resident Evil similarity, because uh, you mentioned, you know, we take pictures of these frescoes. Every time we take pictures of them, it reveals like secret messages. And it's basically kind of like reading files, talking about the past and what happened at the mansion. Yeah. Which also, I really liked how they handled that. There's also like bodies around that you can talk to, too, that are just there. They're just sitting there like in a corner, blood, blood smeared on the wall. And they'll just give you like a little hint, like, yeah, I died because of such and such. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> that stuff's great. Finding the diary notes of like other people who have been stuck in the house. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, like there's one you find a skeleton in a corner and uh, you go around the like you go around the hallway and there's a blood note in the wall that says like, oh, so and so I left a rope for you. You're going to need it. And when you find the skeleton, it's like, like, clearly he needed the He died because he didn't have a rope. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's fun. 
which uh, I, I need was... to make a clarification because I always get I always got annoyed with people who people like for I don't know why this is the case, but people cite Bioshock as starting the trend of telling your story through notes. And I always got annoyed with people because I was like, no, Resident Evil did that like in the 90s. Like that was Resident Evil's thing of telling the story. <laughs> of the home game did it. Notes. It turns out Sweet, Sweet Home, Home did it first. Resident Evil, Silent Hill. Yeah. But point being, it wasn't fucking Bioshock, you people. But it's uh, a way later game. Yeah, 2007. I, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was always got so annoyed when people were like, oh, yeah, Bioshock started that. Like, no, it didn't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, and one thing we hadn't touched on. If they do. We mentioned earlier about Worm, but they do a good job of constantly kind of changing the amount of enemies that you when you get in the random battle. You fight a weird variety of enemies. Yeah. A weird wide yes. variety. Zombies, night, a man that turns the... around has skull. Yeah, oh, there's shit. one called the Madman that like has pussing pussing bubbles on him, yeah, and I'm that's literally him. how he hurts you. He just shoots pus on you. My favorite <laughs> is uh, my favorite is. Man, <laughs> man, whenever yeah. an enemy pops oh, up, man. it says the name of the enemy with an exclamation mark. And it'll be like grave, ghoul, hallway of worms. And then one skull. is just skull. One is just man. <laughs> it's like, wait, wait, why are we killing this dude? <laughs> it's just a guy. <laughs> and then he turns around. and He's got the Terminator face. Yep. <laughs> there's Weird. actually like this game is supposed to be horror, but there's actually a part where it totally broke me and I just burst out laughing. There's some really funny stuff. Um, you have to go dig up the baby at the grave site. And I know the... that's what made you burst out laughing. No, because you just start digging and it's like, oh, I can't do it. And then you have to pray. And then it says after you're done praying, you're now digging furiously. Yeah, like, what the hell? <laughs> Which I don't know if that scene was cut out of the movie, but in the movie it's equally weird. Where a <laughs> woman is just like, pray before you grave rob, what the <laughs> fuck? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you gotta like, you know, you just gotta build up the karma before you get rid of it. Um, it's like how in Fallout, like you do a good deed so you can go steal all the ammo out of the back shop. Uh, you know, just a simple prayer. You know, dear Saint Jude, patron saint of lost causes, please give me the power to crush this bitch. Thank you. <laughs> You killed my child. No, no, no. I also donated a ton of water to this dude outside the city. Oh, okay. I guess we're even. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I remember yeah. doing that. <laughs> here's, here's 30 bottles of water. I got to go rob the fucking casino. <laughs> yeah, that, it's really funny. Just so much of this game is it's it, like just the elements of wacky horror. I feel like is so much of the Resident Evil five in there of I get what they were going for, but this is like a little wrong in the best way. Mm -hmm. the Resident Evil borrowed so much from this game. They actually had to cut some of their references back, like the skeleton with the bloody message. Originally in like Resident Evil, you're supposed to find oh, yeah. bloody messages written on the wall from George Trevor. That's <laughs> right. And the uh, big giant rocks that chase after you, just like in Resident Evil. Oh, yeah. You set them off. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I thought those were bushes for the longest time, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> Toberry, Stephen King reference. Run! <laughs> it's the Tommy Knockers. Oh, oh no! Every game I... needs a fucking like Langolier to show up. How scary would that be? <laughs> oh I, god! I understand that the Langoliers is a very cheesy movie, but the concept of the Langoliers terrifies me to my core. Mm -hmm. A concept of something that comes and eats away at the world until there's nothing left like that is I'm terrifying. Sick. I'm surprised there hasn't been like a fucking Bloomhouse remake of that yet. Like, I feel like I with today's CG, it would actually 
be a possibility <laughs> of being like, taken seriously? Dude, like, yeah, it, it's I don't know. The Langoliers to me is like a deeply terrifying movie, like concept. movie and concept. And the novellas are like so scary. Um, like, the concept of them in that movie even is terrifying until you see them. Like it's, it's terrifying. Yeah. 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 When they just like walk. It's I think the closest we've gotten is. um. Oh, God, what was that show? Uh, Russian Doll, where the chick keeps going like back in time and stuff starts disappearing, like stuff gets lost in time. That was like that freaked me out. Mm hmm. Like Pete, like there are just people that aren't in her life anymore. And like the universe is trying to correct itself. And was like, who are you talking about? No, that person's never existed. It's like, uh, like, I hate that. I hate thinking about that. Mm -hmm. That sounds pretty fucked up. That's creepy as fuck. Yeah. But uh, something else this game stole or stole, I guess it, it created it from Resident Evil was the quick time events. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Technically, you are correct. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If it's the first game with quick time events. I don't know. I possibly would imagine so. I can't think of any game before this that would have them. Yeah. Were they really quick time events? You just pick left or right, and then something happens. I mean, that's kind of a quick time event. <laughs> yeah, you got to press it before it hits yeah, you. It is. Uh, it is like the most base level of it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you could credit that as the first quick time event in the gaming. It's for insane. an NES, it's a it's a pretty good quick time event, though. I mean, considering yeah. the year it came out, some of them are a little goofy. Like when you see like the chair shaking, and it doesn't give you context of the fact that's floating. It's just a chair like shaking on the screen. It's like what's going on? It's like left, right, duck, pray, uh, uh pray. You stubbed your toe, <laughs> minus five damage. But the the dagger animation was really good. Like it's just a dagger like flying through the air. I mean, it's not like a very strong animation. It's just a dagger on the screen shaking back and forth, but it gives the effect of it flying at you. And I was like, it was actually genuinely like tense. Yeah, I, it's like like all the good NES games with any good cutscenes, you admire those. But this game actually beats all those in animation like 100 percent. Yeah. Do you, know, do you guys know this game actually has death cutscenes for everybody? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Well, kind of. <laughs> it has two. Just, yeah. It has one for the guys and one for the gals. But they're both. Really I never saw good. them. I didn't let anybody die. <laughs> um, I let somebody die just to see what happened. Then they Which which leads to the next thing that the, there is an evil borrowed. This game has multiple endings. Oh yes, yes. again kind of, but it's it's base level. But you got you have to forgive that because it is like one of the first. <laughs> there's a, well, technic technically, there's like three and there's three variants of an ending, and then like in the middle, it's just it really depends on the number of survivors. There's the quote unquote happy ending with the the thriller twist at the end yeah and then there's like three endings in between it's like oh we you know everyone moved on with their lives but you know we lost one person we lost two people we lost three only one person left but we did and then like if there's only one survivor from the incident they like build a memorial like they rebuild the Tower of Stones. The skull on top is a memorial to Lady Mamia and you know her husband and everyone who died. Yeah, I I liked that ending a lot, but I did not feel good about letting four people die to get it. Yeah, <laughs> like it's, it's it's rare in a game where the bad ending ends up being like the my happier one. Ending. Yeah, <laughs> like I there are a few games that do that. Stalker is one of those where if you get the bad endings in Stalker, they're all really interesting to me. Mm hmm. And the good so ending is like, eh, it's okay. So are you, you saying, Stu, that in Resident Evil, you're you give Barry back his Magnum and you trust him? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Why wouldn't you trust Barry? He's Barry. 
Oh. Look, I'm just going to say this. I think Jill's actually happy and her worst ending, you know, takes off her hat. She's like, finally, oh, I need a fucking shower. This is great. All this helicopter all to myself. <laughs> I always like the uh, there's some um, bad endings in uh, the technically the first ending of or the ending of the first Metro game. The bad ending is the canon one. And I think it's more emotionally resonant than the good ending. Some emo- some good endings in games are like, and everyone lived happily ever after. It's like, that's too clean. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Like, to give a modern example, I might get shit for this. I hated the good ending of uh, Outer Worlds, the game that just came out. Like, the the whole game is like, like corporate bureaucracy and all this like evil, greedy nature. And the good ending of that game is like really clean and happy. Like, I, that doesn't really fit the like the theme here. It's like the studio forced happy ending of uh, Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we left the town, and I and I didn't care if she was an android. And she didn't expire. We we <laughs> got married and had two point five kids. I love how I I love that version of Blade Runner better because of how annoyed Harrison Ford is with every fucking voiceover. <laughs> I went down to the Chinese shop. I got Chinese every night. I guess I like Chinese food. It's just like you can hear him like really tense. It's just like it's... I fucking hate the studio for doing this, but they're paying me, so I guess it's... I have to be here. It's like he was in that room just like shaking his head and throwing his arms up in there the whole time. Well, oh, I no. guess I did this next, but I really didn't like it. I like to he imagine can, like, he, he wouldn't even get out of bed. Like he was just laying in bed, and a guy showed over the microphone and was like, "Use your line, sir." <laughs> just fuck off! It's four in the morning. I'm but trying no, like, to sleep. <laughs> he he confessed years later. He purposely like did stilted readings because he, yeah. he that was his way of protesting it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. Like don't sign the contract. The story of Blade Runner is so much better than Blade Runner. <laughs> Which is saying something, I think. I like Blade Runner, but the story behind it is just like, how did this movie get made? <laughs> Everyone was so upset all the time. It's a Hollywood miracle. <laughs> so speaking of Sweet Home, um, one thing I do want to say is we have kind of went over that there are a lot of traps. Like the traps are interesting. Like you go in different rooms where you hit, you walk so far and all of a sudden like the room will flood in one area and pu- push you out. Boulders come chasing after you. Fire will start happening. You got to run through fire and all this stuff will hurt you. Like there's a part where you're outside in the swamp, wander around. You have to get gloves to pick up a, an item. And then you can, it's just, they did a very good job where I wouldn't understand nothing if I wouldn't have been watching somebody play it. But it it, it is very interesting. Yeah, I felt like all the guys really, for the most part, there were a couple. I'm not good at <laughs> stuff like that. There were a couple like uh, very like Resident Evil moments of, okay, I don't understand why I need this item, but clearly it's something I have to pick up. But for the most part, I felt like like you come across a bunch of vines outside. That's why you need the gloves. And it's like, oh, I couldn't possibly move this without gloves. It's like, okay, I remember seeing those earlier. I'll go pick them up. Like there's a lot of stuff that made sense to me. Oh, there's glasses, obviously. Vacuum. Obviously, we're we're all walking around this mansion barefoot, so that's why we need to waste time vacuuming up this glass instead of just yeah. sweeping it aside. Well, the game makes special note to to point out that one character is wearing boots because there's that one sticky floor section where only oh, the character with boots can can continue and pull other people out. Yeah, that's one of the things we should also talk about. The only annoying part of this game that I had a big problem with is that sometimes you can get poisoned. You can get scared. You can get stuck on a floor and you literally have to exit the party, cure that person, enter the party again, and hopefully you make it through. 
Otherwise, you have to do it all over again. I spent a lot of time sending um, Akiko back and forth because she was the only she has her special item is like it's called like uh, it's a health kit. But they for whatever reason, they write they wrote it in my game as plus kit. I think it meant like cross <laughs> kit, like first aid kit. But I kept reading it as, oh, Akiko has the plus kit. She does so, CrossFit. She has CrossFit, which means she can cure sticky floors and and curses because that's what first aid kits do. <laughs> I'm going to pray your wounds away. Please, yeah. no, no one go to a CrossFit gym and ask for this training, please. <laughs> yeah, It's weird that the first aid kit cured curses and not praying, which is a power you have. That is like ultra effective against certain enemies. I think it's weird that the first aid kit doesn't like heal your wounds. Yeah, the first aid kit really only heals status effect. It's Mm -hmm. it's odd. I guess in real life, first aid kits kind of do that as well. But first aid, that would kind of imply the first aid kits also have like splints and stuff in them, which they don't. Like you open, imagine like, like, (laughs) like you cut your hand really bad and you're like, oh shit, like somebody find a first aid kit and they come and bring it back and it's got like a full cast and a, a crucifix in it. Like, God shit. damn it, Akiko! That's not what I needed. <laughs> You'll thank me one day. <laughs> one day, this this whole mall will be cursed. You'll go. Oh, wait, I Akiko found a bandage. Dead? Oh, thank God! It's a little Hello Kitty bandage. God damn it, Emmy! That <laughs> I um, I guess that like Resident Evil is the kind of spiritual successor to this game. But I was yes. shocked that there wasn't a a sequel to a sequel to either this or the movie. The movie didn't get a sequel because, unfortunately, there was a lot of trouble behind the scenes. Uh, One of the producers, one of the producers uh, was possibly murdered by the Yakuza. So it was. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Japan was a hard people. (laughs) It was reported as a suicide initially. And then like 20 years later, someone from the Yakuza was like, yeah, no, uh, basically, I put a gun to his head. It's like you can either jump and maybe survive from this building uh, or I shoot you, and he jumps, and he didn't survive. So <laughs> that happens a surprising amount in uh, India with their. I don't know if I should say more than that. India has a very bad organized crime problem, and sometimes like things will happen that don't make sense, and everyone's just like, I guess, I guess the Indian mob was involved. People are yeah. always jumping off buildings randomly. It's, yeah. it, it, but I do think that is part of the reason why it's never gotten the DVD release and Toho is just kind of quietly like, eh, do what you want with it. We're really, we're not doing anything else. <laughs> why can't the Yakuza be like the Yakuza games where they all just love children and want the world to succeed? Uh, the two only. faces of the Yakuza. Uh, all right. So, I'm going to have to like, look into this now because I fucking yeah. love it. So besides Trap, one thing that was very interesting about this game that really grabbed me as I kept playing, you'll find out that almost the, in, the mansion is very like everything will link together after a while as you progress yes. and you get different keys I like that, like one of the last rooms you're in connects to one of the first rooms you were in by a door you could never open or you didn't even know existed and I thought that was cool, like, there's some really yeah. cool puzzles in this game, we're not going into them really because we're talking, <laughs> there's, there's a lot just but like so many, yeah it's, there's it's, a ton, one I want to mention it's not a put super the... long game, but I, there's a puzzle like every, like almost every like half hour to 45. I'd say more than that. <laughs> of some kind. I mean, there's either, there's either a puzzle that you come across or you are currently working on like a backlog of puzzles. Well, and the other part is you really don't know because there's some of them are super cryptic, like, but it's all interconnected. So like you'll go through a door that you finally get to unlock and you don't realize it, but it leads you back to like the main hall or something. 
yeah. it's kind of, it's like resident evil you pass so many doors and then later on you just come out of one at the other <laughs> end there's also like a lot of items that are used for very specific things and you're like okay i will like the mallet at some point you get a mallet in this game and you use it to like bash some <laughs> statues i'm like okay i won't need this anymore and so you realize that oh you actually have to use the mallet to like bash open these uh like glass panes and reveal new doorways mm -hmm. like another one too is the cursed blood with the pail oh yeah like, you come across like that that woman statue with the water coming out and it says do you want to drink from it and of course you say yes and then you hear lady <laughs> mamia's voice and she's like you're all doomed well, you read Lady Mamiya's voice. Yeah. Well, I heard it in my head. <laughs> <laughs> in your head, was she like, you're all doomed. It was, you're it was all doomed. Harrison Ford. <laughs> you're, you're all doomed. Kid. <laughs> doomed. I don't sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you just, you drink it, and then the water turns to blood, and you have to have a pail with you to get the blood to throw on a statue to go out to the courtyard. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, it's very Resident Evil 2 <laughs> with like the weirdness of the puzzles. You know, I, I have to I have to wonder because I'm not well versed in Japanese superstition, but I do wonder if some of this stuff. It's like culturally, it would make more sense over there than over here. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Um, I know a little bit about it. I know like I know a little bit about like like I know there's Japanese water ghosts, which Japan as a like culture is kind of odd because it has all of their like their demons and folk religions built into a culture that's also like half christian now <laughs> and also yeah. like more secular it's it's a very odd uh organization so it's like the same as when like typically in uh, like western i hate talking about this <laughs> typically in western culture like when a demon shows up in a movie, it's just a demon. It's not a very specific kind of one. Whereas in Japan, you have very specific kinds of demons. Like you have like, uh, I think they're called they're yokai. That's what they are. Where it's like there's a bunch of different kinds of yokai that exist and do very specific things. Like if you watch um, Princess Mononoke, all the like like spirits and demons in that movie are all based on very real and very different yokai in Japanese culture. Yeah. That's that's the thing I'm kind of curious about with this game. If like some of the solutions, like throwing blood on a statue or whatever, like is kind of tied to the superstitions. Because I know again in Silent Hill there were some things where it's like, in here, you know, it, over here it wouldn't make much sense, but over in Japan is like, ah, oh, of course that's why you know the, the floor randomly appearing on the elevator button stuff like that. Yeah, there's a lot of Japanese movies that like I've watched them. Like I don't understand this, but then if I look into the backstory of them, like. Like, ah, I wish I knew this ahead of time because then I would actually I feel like I'd really enjoy this movie. Yeah, ja Jap Japan has uh, weird superstitions and we just got Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. We probably have diff more different kinds of aliens than Japan has. <laughs> but like uh, the grudge is a great example. Like that's a Japanese water ghost. And I did not know that going into that movie. I was just like, oh, that's a creep. Like the original Juwan. I was like, oh, that's a creepy movie. And then learning about that spirit, I was like, OK. I go back and I can watch this movie and understand it more. And then I'll enjoy Like I enjoyed the sequels. I feel like more because of that. It's um, it requires some research, but uh, it's uh, it's not it's good. It's it's just a lot like there's thousands of different kinds of yokai. So right. it's hard to jump into that world. 
the other thing in regards to the game though i feel it also just kind of ties to the nature of video games the way they were back then because honestly you know back in the 80s and the 90s like a lot of adventure games you'd have to do outlandish out of the box crazy shit to move the plot forward that you wouldn't normally think to do and then you're like oh yes of course i have to pop this balloon and rub that clown's belly for some fucking reason (laughs) I don't know if we uh, I don't know if we mentioned this in the Parasite Eve episode, but there's actually a Parasite Eve movie. That, yeah, based on the book. Yeah, that's based that's on the game a, is a, a kind of too. Yeah, it's based on a kind of yokai as well. Also, the made by or distributed by Toho as well. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That Toho is like their Warner Brothers to do, or more like their Disney, I guess now. <laughs> uh, one of the interesting things, though, about this game too, that's very was very rare back in the day, is that it actually allowed you to save your game. It actually had a chip yeah. in it to save, which, or from battery, what I've heard, yeah. some of those batteries still work even today, like in old Final Fantasy games or something. And the yeah, cartridges, yeah. I've actually I've done some reading on that. It's kind of interesting. Like the, I think we've gotten to a point where every Tamagotchi is now officially dead. Like all the original Tamagotchis, <laughs> because the batteries in their cartridges have have almost all like they have they were not built to have lasted as long as this. And so they've all failed. So we can say like at a certain date, there's a certain date in time where like, OK, this is the last day that a Tamagotchi is expected to live. Well, Steve is still alive in my heart, dude. <laughs> OK, <laughs> yeah, I always find that stuff really interesting, though. And then I'm that when you when you start talking about like the fact that cartridges will fail at some point that's when i'm like okay yeah we need to start like putting all these games online <laughs> just mm-hmm. to preserve them yeah I we, agree. we don't want to end up with like uh like the fucking like hollywood fires that just like burn down half of fucking this there's a a very depressing uh thing that happened at some point in la where a smoothie studio burned down and that was where they were. It was like a warehouse, and that's where they kept the majority of like movie reels. Wasn't that Universal Studios? I think so. But I just I know like s- a lot, a lot of silent films were lost. A lot of movies were just lost to time. Movies, television, a lot of original prints. Yeah, yeah. There's, it's like there's a running list of lost films that people keep that are just gone <laughs> and like no one it's really depressing it's like okay yeah this movie's gone and no one will ever see it again yeah I mean, we, yeah we have there's no evidence that it existed <laughs> there's whole sites dedicated to lost media and it's funny too because with the movie there actually is lost media for sweet home because the home release <laughs> is like i want to say 40 percent reshot like it's oh, not wow. the theat- it's not the theatrical cut that released in oh. japan <laughs> oh wow okay yeah there been... saw... The only movie I can think of recently that's like that would be Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> what? There's I don't a... think I've heard of that. I'm missing a joke? There's a better movie buried <laughs> somewhere in there. <laughs> I missed the joke, I assume. It's buried about uh, <laughs> 20,000 feet deep. There's actually a Batman movie that's lost. There was like a Filipino Batman movie called Batman Fights Dracula that's uh, gone. And for oh. those like, just to give everyone context, we're like that was like a like a late 60s movie. Like that. <laughs> This is like it still happens occasionally. It's very rare today, but it's still like back when you shot things on film. If the film reels burned, then that's it. We don't have a digital copy of this. It's gone. Oh, a couple things we hadn't mentioned yet before we start wrapping wrapping up the game is oh. one thing that pissed me off constantly in this game 
is there's a thing called Will-O-Wisps that will like fly, a little blue thing will fly around the screen. If it touches one of your party members, it warps them somewhere else in the mansion. Ugh, fuck those things. And yeah. I just save and load it and be right back. But otherwise you have to take that person and walk back to where you were and piss me off. I mean, like in <laughs> regular survival horror, that would work to your detriment and then like, oh, okay, now I'm by myself. Kind of like in Resident Evil Zero. It sucks because of the horror, but in this game, it's just annoying. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also a bit dangerous, too, because any character being by themselves can easily be overwhelmed if it's, you know, especially early on before they're maxed out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yeah, should mention that, out. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wasn't, um, not, and, to, not to tangent off a tangent, but uh, wasn't a bunch of music just lost not too long ago? A bunch of like uh, like record copies of music were just lost. I want to say like, oh, yeah, a big artist, MySpace. right? What was it? MySpace. <laughs> there was a MySpace thing where a bunch of music got lost from MySpace or something. Like, really big artists have lost their music. Oh, I, I want to say, I want to say like, some, I don't know if it was Taylor Swift. Some very big pop star has like lost a couple of her original tracks. I mean, they still they're still out there, but they lost like the original recordings of them, which is which sucks. Wow. Yeah. I'm googling to see what I think you're right. I think it was like I think it was like she lost rights music. She lost rights to some or something. I don't know. I don't want to read farther than just the bottom, the first. Yeah, it was like a it was a news story like four or five years ago, and people were like, "Oh, that sucks!" And like it's just recent. I would say I just saw a news story about it like a week ago, where they were like, "Okay, this might have been worse than (laughs) worse than we said." Like, apparently the data that was lost is it's just now coming out, like the amount of data that was lost. And people are people will probably go to jail over it. <laughs> probably should go to jail over it. All I want to know is, was Keith Sweat's nobody saved? That, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, <laughs> we can't lose that. I forgot about <laughs> that. When I could... <laughs> what episode was that? Yeah, <laughs> I, I remember saying it, but I can't remember what episode we were talking about. I just oh. got fucking um, New Order out of my head from the last episode. I think that was Daredevil. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right, Daredevil. It just got released. Okay, um, one thing we hadn't brought up yet that we should bring up before we wrap up this game, because we, we've said most things about it, is there are a few survivors that are locked inside the house. Like, there's a couple of maids. There's some weirdo guy who sacrifices himself at one oh, point to, to save the artist. Yamamura. Yeah. yeah, Yamamura. Right. Yeah. I didn't give a shit. I was just trying to beat the game. <laughs> oh, wow. Because uh, he's the guy who painted all the frescoes. Yeah, oh, he's I, a pretty I, important guy. <laughs> I didn't care. It's uh, yeah, it's definitely <laughs> implied that he and um, the artist are like he, he's like the artist who like ran away from the house. And in the movie, he, he like runs a gas station and it's kind of it's like revealed that like he might be Mamiya. Um, mm-hmm. He's definitely got some connection to the house. He's got the coolest line in the movie, too, because they try to say something about like, oh, the shadows are attacking us. He's like, well, we'll just turn on a bunch of lights so we get rid of the shadows. And he's like, you fool. That'll just create more shadows. He's like, even in a closed (laughs) pond, there's shadows. You imbecile. (laughs) That is about five minutes before he starts drunkenly singing and everyone starts laughing. The tone of that movie is all over the place. and I love it. And then he kills himself and commits suicide, basically. Yeah. And his death in the game is exactly like his death in the movie. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's such a good effect. Yep. He he like slowly melts into a skeleton. And like that part of the game, I was like, oh shit, like this dude's like I, he showed up and I was like, oh, I bet this dude's dead. I bet this is like a ghost. And then he dies and I'm like, oh my God, he wasn't a ghost. I mean, I guess he might oh. be now, but <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> 
And yeah, so I mean that plays a part in it. And also, you have to get these four items. At, is how you is you're told throughout near the end of the game to collect a diary, a tool, a photo. And I don't remember the fourth one. Coffin. Coffin. Yeah, yeah. coffin. The, and, the, the dead baby. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and the, the final area as you've been going throughout this whole mansion, you go into a flesh-looking dungeon or area that's a maze full of willowers that can suck you away and pissed me off a lot. And you have to fight like evil clones of yourself. Yes, yeah, you have to fight your whole party. I was really terrified during that part because I was like, I'm gonna pray because I don't know if attacking it with weapons will just kill them. I don't, I don't trust this game to not be like, oh, you just killed your party member. (laughs) Not like, but I mean, let me. That's how I found out Asuka was a girl and not a guy. I'm like, oh, I didn't know until then. (laughs) Yeah, that's the you see your party members. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, that's not what my Asuka looks like in my head. I'm like, oh, okay. Asuka. I, <laughs> I know it's I, I recognize that it's very it's very stupid that I'm the one correcting you. Because I will I will purposely mispronounce that name to piss off people. Uh, oh, I just realized fans that Akiko, the medical kit person, was a woman the entire time. Yeah, she's she's like, yeah. a, just like a wow. nurse. And it's like, I, why is she just I get that she's like the medicine person. But why is she dressed like a full nurse? <laughs> I was cracking Did jokes you know? about that yesterday. Yeah. She looks like Nurse Joy. <laughs> I'm, I'm I a to say producer, that, but... <laughs> yeah. The final fight was cool. Like, where you have to... After you get them fighting all your shadow clones, and then you get to the final fight, you have to, like, wait for certain dialogue, and then you use certain items in it. Use the items that we mentioned in a in order in order to progress to and kill her eventually. Yeah. And yeah. that... To the game's credit, that could have been very dumb and very annoying, but they they drill it, it into your head, the order. They like when you, you find a diary earlier and it gives you the order. And when it did that, I like I wrote it down to make sure because this is a Resident Evil game, basically. Mm-hmm. So I wrote down the order they tell you. And they even say, like, use like I think it's like the use the light and then the diary and then the candle or and then the coffin. And that's very important. They say that's very important. I was like, okay, I better write this down because they're not gonna do it again. But then as you're going up to that fight, like the ghost of uh, Yamamura is talking to you at certain sections and he says the things in the order that you need to use them again, like right mm-hmm. before the fight. I'm like, oh, they're they're like they're <laughs> they know what they're doing. They're really yeah. making sure you understand this fight and how it's supposed to go. And it's a cool fight. Like it's a cool final boss fight where you're fighting her and she looks like a ghost with a dress and then she transforms into like a spider monster. We'll yeah. Yeah. Because in the movie, all those babies she kills are like on her back, like poking out of her, like yeah. Freddy Krueger. They're trying it to come out of her and escape. It is an obscenely <laughs> weird and good effect. It is mm-hmm. so. It, it's another thing in the movie that could have been really stupid, but because like the effect artist put so much time into it, it's like, oh wow, that like actually, it's weird, but like it looks really good. <laughs> It's fucked up, but it was cool. Like the whole ending, like I had all of my characters survive because I was using save states. But they do a good <laughs> job with it. Like you, as you fight her, and then you, as you use the items, you beat her. Like the only reason, like the guy kept telling me, level up, level up, level up, and it was only because you just need the HP to tank all the hits in the final fight. Because in this game, yeah. enemies just do what they do. I felt like with damage, it didn't feel like it was very based on like, oh, well, you're level twenty, so they're gonna do less damage. No, they still hit. 100 damage, even though you only have 2,000 health, it didn't matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that, because I'm, I'm used to RPGs, or okay, I'm stronger, so <laughs> I'm going to take less damage, not... You're still going to take the same amount of damage, it's just... I didn't like that. Well, yeah, yeah, I think, um... 
I don't know if I would say that was an issue with the game. It's just it was just a different way of doing it, where it's, it like it seemed a, like you were you were running into a lot more enemies at the end, and that's kind of how they were like like that's how they were like ramping up the difficulty. Yeah, which well, it's not really a JRPG. Like it, it looks like one, it feels like one, but it's not really one. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. it's early, early. Well, Dragon Warrior I think came out before this, around this time. Yeah. I didn't look this up uh, before I bought it out. Bought it out this bullshit, but <laughs> still it's around this time. Um, but yeah, it's so. I'm not against that gameplay mechanic. I'm not against the difficulty as more enemies rather than stronger enemies. I think I either after a while. I don't know. It, it depends on like what mood I'm in for some games. Some games do that and some games don't. It's always like like I like harder enemies, but then I'll play something like Borderlands. And I'm like, do guns not just do anything anymore? Like, is that <laughs> is that where we're at? Yeah, and so uh, I I tend uh, not to like that either. I, I don't feel like the leveling in this game even really played a big role to begin with because you're not it's you're not so sitting simple. there paying attention to it. And every yeah. time you get to a new level, the enemies do get harder, but you eventually just like, I mean, 10 rounds, you overcome them and yeah, just you level up. <laughs> Over level is so fast. The only yeah. time it really mattered was near the end, which we haven't mentioned yet. There's a door you can't go into unless you're level 16 or yeah. yeah, level 16. That's what I said. You had, like, that's the part where you have to grind a little bit if you're not level 16. Yeah. But, but it grinding just takes... is literally just running in circles until an enemy fights you. <laughs> yeah, it's like 30 minutes, I want to say, to get up there. If yeah, it's not very yeah. long. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, especially not when you put turbo on. It went really fast for me. Yeah, <laughs> that's. I like how I like how quick the fights can go because you can just press the you can press the button to select attack almost before the screen. <laughs> you can buffer it, I but, guess. So yeah. it's just but like in the middle of a battle, you'd be like attack, 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 attack. Yeah, but when, uh, like when you're starting out, especially when things are kind of slowed down, there is some pretty cool strategies and stuff like the worms were annoying when I was first starting. And it turns out you can just use a candle and it does like massive damage on them. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah cool. you can use other items you know, and they affect. There's a file that mentions it, but it's like, yeah, you know, flashlight at certain enemies. It'll hurt them. Flames hurt yeah. other enemies. That's cool. um, and, I wish. God, I don't want to like say it's a it's a fault of the game, because if I just played this game longer, if I played this game more, I would get a sense of what does what to what enemy. Some like some items are like, oh, yeah, if you have this, this will kill things instantly. It's not set in the game. And I kind of like that because it like the idea is like, oh, you're going to replay it and you're going to experiment with it. So had I played that longer, I think I would have really liked that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I like I I like non weapons. Sorry. Have, I was saying, I like when non-weapons have like damaging effects on amazing games when things are like things you don't expect can hurt things. Yeah, kind of like a phoenix down killing a undead enemy or something. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Any game that healing actually hurts the undead, I love that stuff. Or suplexing yeah. a train. You shouldn't or suplexing a train, yeah, or punching a boulder to death. That's great. <laughs> All you really need are thoughts and prayers, though. <laughs> All right. Thoughts and prayers, uh, and you can survive inside a volcano. <laughs> As I was saying before, like the, the whole ending of this game, like the final after you beat the final boss, they finally escaped the mansion. I thought that was really cool too, the way they did that. Mm-hmm. And because the whole time reminding Resident Evil again, you're all trying to escape. For me, everybody escaped with me because I didn't let anyone die. And I didn't really catch this in the ending until I was reading later as we're doing this recording. As as they're all talking and they're doing the documentary, the guy they're talking to turns to look at them. And his face is like the man that you see earlier in the game that you would fight. It turns man. out he's so it, it's supposed to be <laughs> that the nightmare hasn't ended for them. They haven't really escaped. Yeah, so I thought that was a, you know, it's it classic, ends on a cliffhanger. Uh, 
classic the, like sequel the bait. thriller. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's you have to have like that's. It, I understand that people will hate that in a horror movie, but sometimes you'll watch a horror movie and that sequel bait won't be there, and it feels like you. It feels like they didn't give you something that you were promised. Like that's such a staple of the series. Like, it didn't like, bother me. I'll I watch until the credits and like, oh, like the shark isn't coming back. Like, okay, uh, this they, is just one movie. <laughs> All right. They they just beat the crap out of a bunch of those things. You know, a bunch of monsters in a mansion. Like they got this. They're like, fuck again. All right, fine. <laughs> let's do this. Oh, and let's I don't remember. It. We, <laughs> it's one of those things. Nobody likes it. No one likes seeing it, but it's just so expected. Like you get to the end of a fucking Nightmare on Elm Street movie. You expect to see Freddy's hand like claw out of the ground i mm-hmm. still prefer the happy ending to the original movie but that's besides the point <laughs> <laughs> i want to see a remake of this movie where like they enter like the documentarians enter and there's all these zombies and monsters and everything but then it turns out like the zombies are running away and they just start beating the shit out of everything oh <laughs> that was the ending that's a good, that's a clever idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Oh, that's beating the fuck out of something with her dirt devil. Just ah, die. <laughs> a horror movie where the humans are the bad guys without yeah. realizing it. That's awesome. That's a really good idea. <laughs> I totally watched Baby that. Man, it's like trespassers. Get the fuck out of my house. That's All right. Any of uh, haunting a hill house kind of does some stuff like that where mm-hmm. you realize like the ghosts have motives. <laughs> He imagine oh, a bunch of zombies like save the worms <laughs> get out of it <laughs> get out of here oh, God, they're oh. burning them with candles no, no. <laughs> don't worry guys man is here <laughs> man is here <laughs> man right, turn around they're right behind you <laughs> can we go on to questions comments or memories sure. did you get many for this yes I did not oh, expect okay, wow. any <laughs> Like I posted this in five different groups. I'm like, no one's going to respond to me. No one played this shit. And I was very surprised a lot of people did. I had a lot of people comment with stuff to say. That's so, awesome. I was not expecting that. A lot of people have, I wouldn't say played this game, but know of it. So, okay, let's go. And from the Classic Gamers Guild group, um, one first comment I want to read from Joseph Khaled said, you need to see the movie. Well, I agree. I should have saw this movie before I did this episode because <laughs> the other guys watched it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, he'll just be Stefan. It turns out Stefan, Stu, Jesse. I'm like, oh, well, I feel a little left out now. Yeah. <laughs> I watched it twice, actually. Yeah. I watched it about two hours ago. I hate horror movies, so it'd be hard. It's, um, well, it's Japanese horror, so it's not really horror so much as it is what the fuck's happening. That's weird. Yep. <laughs> it feels kind of like an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, except like yes. PG 13 or. <laughs> except when that shadow shows up. That was like legitimately scary. I no. would say. I'll watch it, but I know I won't, so I won't even lie. <laughs> There's a part where like a shadow like takes over a wall and it has like the form of a person and it like starts uh, like kind of grabbing people. It's it's like legitimately uh, a legitimately scary visual. And you know like that's straight up practical effects, but it just works so well. Yeah. It yeah. like it, I want to know how they got the shadow so dark for that mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. They must have done some like film treatment or something because it's not, oh. it's like an unnatural darkness. As you keep talking about the movie, uh, this one from Bradley Comstock, based on a wonderfully bizarre movie. This seemed perfect. I'll throw that in right there. Mm-hmm. Oh, from Chris Clark said, <laughs> it's age awkwardly. It's certainly playable. It's not amazing by any means. You know, <laughs> I'm not I so, I'll, I'll get that later, but 
my opinion changes <laughs> about this game. It, I hated it the first hour. Fucking hated well, it. But it well, changed. you remember the enemy in the game, Mike, where like it's a half guy crawling at you? Yeah. Corpse or zombie? Yeah, like that's in the movie as well. That's another okay. callback to the movie. There's yeah. a lot that you missed, probably. And from Christopher Otis, he said, I, I always wanted to play it. Well, you can. My buddy yeah. Vim has it online. It's out there. <laughs> yeah, I'm just with that. Right? Not legitimately, but it's out there. Google. The yeah. um, the skull memorial too is like it's it's an exact replica. Like because you can't you can't legally get this game because it doesn't and they're never going to port it here. So no, no, this game is um I I think it's fair to say that this game and the movie are like it's for all intents and purposes they are just dead at least for the foreseeable future. So I have no qualms about telling people to just download this shit. <laughs> yeah, plus Capcom we got Resident got Evil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a uh, there's no do watch or experience this oh you'll like this one from russell brown he said i like it there's another horror game on, on snes called the place no ma that's similar with a very lovecraft feel to it and i looked that up after i saw that comment that something looks right up our alley for this show eventually a place no ma um called the place no ma l-a-p-l-a-c-e space no space ma <laughs> i like how you spelled the words that made sense <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what ma means like M-A? <laughs> um, from Eric Jameson said the permadeath aspect was unique, especially given its time of release. I enjoyed it, though there's a bit of grinding. Not much though. You always get the initiative in battle, so that compensates for the limited healing supplies. I disagree. Oh, I recommend it here. for something different. Yeah, the place no ma looks exactly like this game. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I'm oh. gonna say I'm gonna say this right now in regards to grinding. All right, after having to grind for Parasite Eve to get to level 100, the grinding in this game ain't shit. All right, you did not have to do that. <laughs> you that, do uh, if you were doing the Chrysler building. Like as someone that's um, recently started playing a lot of JRPGs, the grinding in this game is fucking nothing. All right. Yeah. 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 Should we play Golden Sun Lost Age, which we have to do because people keep asking for it on this show. Yeah, as someone like, that is um trying to replay Fallout or Fallout fucking Final Fantasy 12, like this game is grinding <laughs> is fucking nothing. Like I literally went from level 10 to 16 in 25 minutes. Yeah. And you max out at 20. So <laughs> whereas Final Fantasy 12, there's a part of the game where it's like, OK, for the next 50 hours, just kill enemies. It's like, what are you, are you serious? Yeah. Fuck you. Go do it. You need That's to go do this. Playing on emulator. Otherwise, you're going to die. <laughs> All right. Uh, from Stefan Abbott. He said, is it set in Alabama? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's Alabama, Japan. Alabama, it's... Japan. <laughs> so. And I actually have some comments from the Giant I actually, Bomb. I yes. actually don't know where it's set because the movie is very strange with its setting. Like it starts in like a weird, deserted Japanese town. Like I it's definitely yeah. It's definitely Japan, right? It's definitely in Japan. Yeah. I think that's what it is. It's just one of those small towns where like somebody famous lives on the outskirts in a mansion. Yeah. But yeah. like it starts with like they're in the desert. Does Japan have de- Japan doesn't have any deserts, does it? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't I don't oh. think Japan has a like it's such a weird opening that I was like, does Japan is Japan bigger than I thought it was? <laughs> Hey, someone who listened to us in Japan, let us know. Send me a yeah, message. How many, on uh, how many, like, it starts in, like, it starts, like, the beginning of, like, The Mummy, like, that kind of, like, massive desert. It just, it's got some, like, close shots, but you can never tell because there's sand blowing everywhere. Like, everyone's wearing, like, sand goggles and shoes. <laughs> oh, like, you're you know, not watching a movie, aren't you? Yeah. Just, well, yeah. You know, 
some somewhere in the Japanese barrens. I mean, it's kind of like Scooby Doo, where you know they're traveling around to just random towns. I like, mean, like, Star Wars when it opens with C three PO and R two D two, that was just Yuma, Arizona. <laughs> Here's the thing: the movie starts in Yuma, Arizona, and that kind of desert. Mm-hmm. But then, with it, it's implied that like they have to go get the key for the mansion. So from that same town, they travel from desert to like temperate forest, and that's implied to be in the same town. It's like what the fuck is that? Where yeah. is this? <laughs> that forest actually does look like the Amazon. It's pretty yeah. thick. Yeah, it's so weird. It's, where's all the like? Where did the sand go? What is going on? Where are they? <laughs> it's so strange. Disorienting. It works. Yeah, all but right. it's, it's like you can tell I'm it's like re- purposely disorienting. <laughs> well, does that do Jesse? Do you know if the mansion was like a real mansion or was it just something they propped up? Because that it, it was... we didn't mention it, but it crumbles and dies at the end. It was something that they propped up. It, you know, it was mostly sound stages and yeah. Okay. I, I don't know for sure about the exterior, but I'm pretty sure that was all movie. I tried yeah. to look up where they were like where they shot and I just couldn't find any information. This I mean, yeah. there's basically nothing like if you find any information about this movie, it's it's like really valuable because that's about all you get. Yeah, there's a bizarre. good chance no one involved in this movie knows what has spawned from it existing. Yeah. <laughs> if you told if you told any of the actors involved, like, hey, people are talking about this movie right now. I'd be like, what the fuck? Why? Like, <laughs> it's some, hard to tell. Did for a car. It's hard to tell. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to tell even like when exactly the movie and the game are released because they might have been released at the same time or... Like uh, the, some the, people the, say the game came out first. Some people say the movie game, the movie came out first. And I found the, like competing information. The game definitely was a promotional item for the movie. I've seen trailers for the game where it's using footage from the movie. So it was, okay. but like yeah. you can put that in, you can put that in the trailer and then like, rele- like I was trying to find like the exact release dates and the closest I could find was like, okay, the movie came out like January 21st and the movie was like, eh, 1989, like before, after, or? Yeah, it's exactly it's it's hard to say, but I want to say they were there's a very strong chance the movie came out first or at the very least they were released in tandem. I saw Uh, somebody say like they I I found one thing that was like they released in tandem to the point that somebody bought like somebody bought uh, the game and got a ticket for the movie. It's very odd. Yeah, it's I mean, it's I can see it. But at the same time, there's just so much crafting put into this game and how I honestly like aesthetically it's very well designed <laughs> so I think it took them a, a, quite a bit of time that I mean that I, happens though like the one of the was it the Star Trek game there was like a Star Trek game that came out before the movie that was based on the movie that was coming out like later that summer <laughs> like they yeah. had to talk to the writers and be like all right what's the movie gonna be like so that we can make the game like that but worse that, yeah. I don't know the, the <laughs> they're okay the, the likeness of the characters there, I, when we get like actual detailed portraits of them, they look fairly close to the actors. So I want to say it, it was about neck and neck for it. It's, so I, it's there not are hard some to like, people... bring a, a game director on state, like on the film shoot, though, and be like, all right, this is what you're working with. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, I think it's just 
Um, there, there's people out there who kind of make the assumption they're like, oh, this is the first video game movie or something. It's like because the game came first, they made the movie. It's like, no, no, they didn't because the actors' faces are on the game mm. cartridges. Dumbass. Yeah. But it's anyway, <laughs> it's made by a company that actually cares. It's not yeah. like an LJN thing. It's Capcom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, that's what makes it even stranger. It's like it's a Capcom game and like a pretty good movie. Why isn't there more information on this? Yeah, like what, like. Someone needs to like get the original Capcom team together or something. Do like a documentary series on this movie and this game. Be like, what the fuck is going on? What? <laughs> tell us about like, tell us anything. Team Sweet yeah. Home. I, I have a, so... I have a, I have a question for everyone. So if if this didn't spawn Resident Evil and you know the franchise everyone loves and mildly hates today, do you think this game would have gotten anywhere near the notoriety it has today? Um. I still think it'd be an obscurity just because of the lack of information about it. I think it'd be an obscure. I don't think it would be invisible. I think it'd be an obscurity. I always say a rare gem. Yeah, I always say everything is someone's favorite thing. Like that's just how the world works. There are seven billion people on the earth. Every single one of them. Yeah, I'm sure there's somebody out there, and you know who you are. Where our podcast is their favorite thing, and that's not like. Like, oh, look at us. That's just how, like, Logan Paul is someone's favorite thing. Uh, <laughs> the worst, it doesn't matter how bad something is. Somebody is comparing us to him. Yeah, well, he's popular. <laughs> I'll give you a good example. With him. <laughs> I'll give you a good example. I like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. My friend, however, likes peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwiches. What? Well, he's obviously the devil. But yeah, right. no matter how bad something there. is, ever, there's always somebody who loves it. It's always... There's always someone who's that is their favorite thing. They just yep. it just connects with them on some level. That's their favorite thing. So I don't think this game would be dead because a, a lot of things aren't. There's nothing that's like truly dead. I don't think it would be the same level, but I think there would be a small community talking about it. Yeah, I it's always, always my logic going into anything. I was talking with Stefan about this uh, the other day, and I I told him, you know, I was like, I think if this was to release as like an indie game on steam, I think it would actually do well. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I also mentioned too, that it would need to have like, it would have to brush up to today's standards a little bit. Like, I don't think it could be as hard as it is. And people would give a shit. It would have to have like a difficulty setting. I think. Let me, um, let me throw this by you. What if Capcom when they released, because they're doing the remake of three and they're also doing, I can never remember the fucking name of it. They're doing that like side thing. Resistance. That's like the resistance. Yeah. Where it's like the four, four or five person, like multiplayer <laughs> left for versus... dead three. Basically it's left, it's left for dead. It's the left yeah. for dead versus mode, but you play <laughs> as like the AI creator. Mm-hmm. I could, I think I could see Capcom saying like, like, okay, we're doing another big remake and we're going to also include like sweet home with it. <laughs> like we're doing a sweet home. <laughs> The, they should do it my way though where like the humans are the enemies they're the bad yeah. guys <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna do it a little differently yeah. like don't don't remake it to 3d don't remake it to like look like resident evil 3 but you know just upgrade it a little bit keep it 2d upgrade the maybe upgrade the mechanics make things flow a little bit better that's all i gotta do mm-hmm. <laughs> i could so, see them coming I- out I have a few more questions to read. Um, one from JJ Franco said, I was so young, I don't think I made it beyond the first few quarters before I hit the fuck this and played RBI baseball. I don't blame <laughs> you, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, 
from Andy Bolsover. He said, I haven't played the game, but I've seen the movie, and oh boy, it's pretty crazy. I'm noticing that based on this yeah. podcast. Hey, go outside and play baseball if you're going to play baseball. Get some real exercise. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. You should be. But... <laughs> All right. This from the official Asia Time group that I am a part of. I actually had a lot. I was really surprised how many people actually knew this game and ta- and had things to say about it. I was like, I'm like, no one's going to comment. And all of a sudden, I'm like, doot, 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 doot. what the fuck? <laughs> so caught me off guard. From Ian Frederick, he said, I've got a copy. I like the atmosphere, but it's really difficult. I feel like I should look up some hints next time to play. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. One, by us explaining most of it will make a lot more sense, but also watch a YouTube video, which I sent you the link for. In that comment, it'll help you. Like, I would not have gotten anywhere without YouTube because I would have just given up. So, well, you guys like this one from Kyle Foster. He says, straight up, one of the greatest video games of all time and quite possibly the most well age 8 bit JRPG. Like, Capcom was so far ahead of the curve, it plays fast. You can literally save anywhere. It's amazing how well aged this game is. And, I mean, it is interesting. It, this game it is interesting. It holds up. a lot better. Yeah. It it's does not hold like, up, but it's not perfect, but like, Damn, it's it plays pretty damn well for a game from eighty. I mean, I guess yep. there aren't a lot of eight bit RPGs, but Dragon Quest is pretty good. So I mean, uh, they're out there, but the problem is most of them suck. So <laughs> they just for, haven't lived so. on. On for this one from, from 19... yeah, keep going. Sorry. I was just gonna say for a game from eighty nine, again based off of a movie property, it's the promotional game. Like it's really well done. <laughs> like yeah. finding like a desk, like a fifty year old desk, and there's only like a couple like knocks out of it. And I'm like, oh wow. <laughs> Okay, I will agree with them. I mean, it's, I like Dragon Warrior more, Dragon Quest, because I that's just who I am. But this is a very unique game, and I want to say I'm glad I experienced it, but I'm not sure yet. <laughs> so, we'll that. Uh, from David White, it is also from this game that we get the name. Somewhere in the game, there's a note that reads, "Here is the here is the house of reciting evil," which I don't think yes. I came across that. Yes, yeah. some translations actually just flat out make it Resident Evil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And from Japanese people writing for Canadians, this game is <laughs> people who kind of speak English. I kind of wish like I kind of wish like the characters could like somehow their sprites would just look up at the camera as it's yeah. scrolling across. <laughs> <laughs> and this from Philip Gearhart said, I love this game. The music in this game is underrated, too, which we actually haven't we haven't covered yet. Yeah, we haven't. We've been it's, talking about the movie. It's as equal. Well, I was going to say it's as equally weird as the movie. <laughs> <laughs> a little more fitting, though, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, the movie has some, like, bizarre music in it. But, and there's really only, like, we said it's, like, four songs total in the game, maybe three. And there's, like, yeah. your standard music, your battle music, and then the end screen music. And it, it's, despite there only being, like, one song, it didn't really get to the point, like, it never annoyed me. It kind of started to fade after a while, but I was like, oh, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty nice because it's just very, like, melodic and... A kind of kind of hypnotic i guess yeah mm-hmm. the the mural music the fresco music though sounded way too much like the godfather theme yeah na, na, na. <laughs> actually, the main theme of the movie was distracting me because it's again where this is like a theme of the month of music that is like one note off from other songs i know the music in the movie sounds just like the main like uh island theme from wind waker <laughs> but like it just it just stops at some point and it becomes a different song like, mm. every time it started i was like are we on outside island 
Okay. <laughs> All right, this one from Kevin Stone. He said, this game is real good. My friend told me about it a few years ago. I didn't finish it, but I got through a good portion. Go back and finish it. He probably got past the harder part of the game. So, yeah, definitely, I would say finish it. Yeah, also, finish from Tim Wiley, said, I played a fan translation. One one of, if not the most playable NES RPG today. Love the atmosphere and pretty much everything about it, which I was not expecting comments like this that mm-hmm. came out. Um, this one from... Really yeah, that was cool. From Zach Reedy said it's a good game. Played the fan translation not too long after it was first released. In holy crap, this translation hack is twenty years old. <laughs> I want to point out that um, Ben Reeves from Game Informer uh, previously <laughs> oh. or, uh, reviewed this and said it was the best version of a Metroidvania he had ever played. <laughs> like, I wouldn't. Laugh. I think I would. I think it was. It was really. I really enjoyed it. I liked the exploration a lot. I liked. All right. The, I like all the areas. I liked how much everything fit. I like how much of an Arclay Mansion prototype it was, how everything fit back into yeah, itself. Yeah, I'll agree with that. And yep. I got two last comments to read, and then we'll be done with this part. <laughs> uh, from Michael Hughes. So did anyone track down and watch the movie? Everyone but me, Mike. Yeah. Everyone but me. It wasn't that hard to track down. It was uh, type in Sweet Home Japanese on uh, YouTube. And it's the first result, so. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't care. I care now. I'm a little little bummed at myself that I didn't bother, but it is a long movie, so be ready for that. Mm-hmm. Although it doesn't feel like it. Like yeah. it at around the middle it feels long, but then like the last fifty minutes, like it's it just keeps going and you're like, okay, like all right. I might totally I might watch thing. it now. Oh, and from Danny Palacio, I just heard that this game was what RE was based on. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> and it's spiritual predecessors, I've been calling it when I was posting for the questions. Yep. Just like, uh, what's his name said? Mikami. That's exactly what they were going for. It's weird to think that if this game didn't exist, then we wouldn't have Resident Evil. (laughs) Or what Resident Evil would have been. (laughs) Like, they built it off of a different style. Yeah, it's just a trip and a half to think. But Resident Evil's monsters were supposed to be supernatural at the beginning, too. Just, what if uh, what if instead of like built like basing it off of this horror game they based it off like friday the 13th <laughs> or like <you> know. <laughs> it's it's actually like a culmination of things too because if we didn't have george romero then capcom wouldn't have looked at that and been like oh zombies so yeah. it's kind of like this game george romero that movie that guy who got killed by the yakuza it's all those things <laughs> <laughs> That basically, thank God for Haiti and the Yakuza for giving us Resident Evil. Yeah, thank you. Oh, God. <laughs> thank All right, I think got a bunch of racists went to Haiti and wrote about zombies so that George Romero could make uh, a really good movie on it. Uh, Stu, you want to go first? Sure. Um, I, I wasn't really sure going into this game what I was going to feel about it, and I ended up really enjoying it. And I, I imagine that's in no small part because of how much of a present evil prototype this is but like just like the the entire time i was playing this i was thinking about our penumbra episode where i made everyone play <laughs> penumbra and everyone was like yeah this game was okay and i was like yeah but the historical significance of it is why i like it and for the historical significance of this game alone and the con the, the cover art which we did not talk about but the cover art is it's the movie in the game essentially is the same cover art and it's fucking phenomenal it's mm. so good looking mm-hmm. like oh my god it's like a beautiful like watercolor with these bright reds and really deep blues is an absolutely beautiful cover. I, I think 
just like the the history of this game, what we got from it, and a cover alone, I would put it on my shelf. But I'm gonna go the extra mile and say I actually really enjoyed playing it. It held up extremely well. The fights were fun. The exploration was fun. The amount of information they like hinted at throughout the game of giving you little clues about the story, I really really enjoyed all that. So yeah, I think I would put I think I would put I uh both the game and the movie on my shelf. Okay. Mm-hmm. How about you, Jesse? Uh, I'm gonna have to second that shelf. Uh, get get me a, a fan downloaded, custom built cartridge made in bright red plastic <laughs> with that bitchin' label on it, and a copy of the movie, uh, laserdisc preferably. And, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's it's a slow it's a slow burn, uh, and it's one that I really think will keep you in as long as the puzzles don't scare you away too much. Uh, it, it's it's got just enough of a balance i think between the battle system and the environmental hazard sections and just it's it's just it's just a joy it's a joy to unlock and just go deeper and deeper and deeper into this game and you know until you get to the end and you're just like what the fuck did i just go through like that's for me that's like my favorite experience of the horror game when you're just kind of flabbergasted at the end of it and you need to think about it for a bit yeah <laughs> I'm assuming it was partly your fault that Stefan this game, so. Uh, I, I won't say that, but I will say I, I did at least, I I should have warned all of you, but I, I did warn him at least. I was like, you know, make sure you play that one early. Ex- give it extra time. Yeah, that's why, like, in the group chat, I think it was like a week or two before we even got near this game. I was like, guys, go read a manual, get acclimated, figure it out. Which one was the one that beat it about five minutes before we started recording? Which one was that again? Uh, not me, right? Oh, okay, yeah, it wasn't you, yeah. Was that me on the Golden Sun episode? <laughs> I don't remember, but yes. I did not remember that memory until you brought it up. We, yeah, we also recording. did that on Parasite Eve, too, I think. <laughs> yeah, we did. did like Stu 10 minutes woke up, played Parasite Eve all day, and we had to postpone the recording about two hours so he could beat it, beat it and then we then we did it. Yeah. Yeah, I... Yep. I, I, I like, Golden, Sun, Golden Sun was like uh, me and... I think it was me and DJ were like minutes before the episode started. We both finished the game, shut off our computers, turned our computers back on, joined the Skype call. Like, that was over the course of five minutes that we did that. <laughs> it was, some games are long and... Sometimes I can't start until Friday, and sometimes I can't start until Sunday. <laughs> Parasite Eve was a nightmare. That one was... I love that game so much, but goddamn, like, I basically put two full days into it. <laughs> in one day. Yeah, it was like... I think Stefan also beat that one in the last minute, too, right before we recorded. Mm-hmm. I think it was both yeah. of you. I think that was an episode where I finished the game, like, we did the recording. I shut my computer off, and I went to sleep, and I was like, I'll give you the episode tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That was back when I was off on Mondays. I didn't care. Now, unfortunately, I worked. Ooh, man, I know that feeling. But hey, this was my last six-day week, so I'm finally done doing overtime for at least a little while. So I'm happy. Very happy, man. Oh, Stefan, how about you? Shelf or box? Yeah, so uh, I just, like, this game surprised the hell out of me. I thought I was going to die every second. The reason, <laughs> it, like, I died five, three, five times right at the beginning. And it's I'm not I'm going to go ahead and say that this isn't even this isn't even a hard game. It's an easy game. You just have to figure it out, which is the hardest part. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, no, I I love this game. I'm going to throw it on my shelf. It was 
everything I didn't think it was going to be. It literally like how great it's made, like the level design, the the feel of the mansion, the music, the enemies, the RPG elements I actually like too, which is weird. <laughs> I don't know why Agreed. I like them. But yeah, it's, they worked. They worked and they even though they didn't really play a big role, they worked for what they were going for. And part of like the call system to have people call calling people to help you kind of felt like a horror movie to me because you split up in groups and then you call people when something's about to attack you. So it kind of does feel like a horror movie in that way, which is what I think they were going for. Because you can't do that in Resident Evil unless like Barry is sniffing some mellow yellow or something, you know. <laughs> but like, like how many legit horror games do you see actually pull get pulled off on the NES? Like really? Mm-hmm. Like Friday the Thirteenth was it? Well, semi scary. How many, how many horror games do you see get pulled off? Like we haven't like I would say only in the last ten years have we started getting really good horror games. It's rare to see a game from before like 2010 that was really good and really yeah. legitimately uh, scary. You mean like Silent Hill 2, maybe? <laughs> well, yeah, so it's rare. They're out there, but like like the original Resident Evil, the original Silent Hill, after after a certain point, Resident Evil stopped being scary. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing with Silent Hill after a certain point, stopped being after scary. After three. And that's uh, why we need to take into account that the, even though this game was made in 1989, back then this probably scared the shit out of people just like i always say the universal horror monsters probably did at that time yeah i, yeah. I watched uh, this game is still creepy I, as hell i watched creature of the black lagoon when i was a kid that scared the shit out of me yeah now so, it's like my favorite thing and I, nightmare on elm street is another of the horror games for nes that i was thinking of that i never played mm-hmm. so, but like that's yeah, not scary like i don't, no. know. I don't know about that, Although that we'll find out i'm assuming it'll be on the a... show the theme to the NES version for that one is is a pretty good banger, though. I got to give yes, it that. Slashers <laughs> have never been scary Just a remix. to me. With the exception of, like, maybe the first Halloween. Slashers have never been, like, that scary. Oh, you guys should play Halloween on Atari someday. <laughs> yeah, we're not playing Atari. I have, a couple, I have a couple horror games that Mike might kick me off the show for putting on the list. <laughs> Hey, remember, when you joined the show, you're only joining to be a guest, even though the post said to be co-host, but you're only a guest, remember? <laughs> I wrote uh, <laughs> I wrote one down where I was like, I was like, Mike will definitely play this, but he's not going to be happy with me. <laughs> he might actually be <laughs> mad at me. I'll just say I put a, a fail frame Crimson Butterfly on the list. <laughs> hey, I got save states. I'm cool. <laughs> I got save states. I'm cool with it. So, <laughs> we'll see. I don't care. All right, great. I should yeah. go next. Shelfer Box. Uh, this has been our longest show for box in a while. We just keep we just keep talking. Um, mm-hmm. I actually, when I first played this game, as I've said earlier in this episode, fucking hated it. Was angry. Was swearing at Stefan. I was messaging like, I ain't gonna fucking feed this this shit. I can't believe I can, we put this game on this list. And I'm telling I'm telling my wife this is bullshit. And then I I cooled down. I sat down. I started watching a YouTube video of it, and it didn't explain anything. I just watched the guy play it. I t- sat back down, hooked up my my emulator. And I started following the guy room for room, exactly how he played it and stopped reading the guide. And after about an hour in, I started to kind of change on this game. Like it started, I still didn't like it. And about two hours, three hours into this game, it really like grew on me. Like I actually was having a good time. Like I was enjoying the puzzles. I didn't feel 
so overwhelmed. I still don't like the fact that there's tons and tons of items that you don't need spread throughout the game everywhere just to just confuse you. Mm-hmm. That, that was annoying. We, chat, we haven't touched on that. And there's some really weird items that do things that make no sense. Like pea fire will get rid of like a red barrier or something that makes no sense. Oh, yeah, when the room catches on fire. Yeah, oh, the fire to distinguish it. that was a fan translation issue. Because oh, okay. for whatever I, or, yeah, when I picked it up, it was definitely a fire extinguisher, but they couldn't yeah. fit that in, oh. so they called it the Fire X. Okay. Or the Damn. part where you use boards, you can put over gaps to climb over a gap, but if you walk over it with too many characters, after too many times, the wood will break, and then your character will fall in a hole, and you gotta pull them back out. Like, shit like that made me irritate, which we hadn't, we, I forgot to mention earlier. Some, but something it's going I on the shelf. <laughs> it's gonna go on the shelf because I, I did genuinely enjoy it at the end, and I felt really proud of myself for finishing it. But I would recommend, if you're interested, watch the guy play it with YouTube and follow along step for step, and after a while, the game will click. I mean, it's still, I mean, yes, you're cheating in quotations in one sense, but that's the only, that's why I enjoyed this game, and now I'm going to recommend it to people. Like, I'm asking yeah. to say, hey, give it a try. Don't go in blind. Listen to this episode first, because we explain a decent amount of the functions, and then watch the YouTube video, and then you'll start to kind of understand this game, and you, you'll probably have a good time. Like, I'm, I'm glad that it ended up on the show, and we got another Resident Evil off the list now. Yeah, I think it speaks to the nature of the NES games and the games like that, you know, other people wouldn't really give a fair shake like Friday the 13th. Everyone just hates that game because it's LJ Ed. Woo. But we didn't because, you know, we actually gave it a fair shake and looked at it, which I think is unique. Yeah. I try to find something to enjoy in anything I watch or play. Yeah. So how about Concrete Bed for Day? There'll be something I will... (laughs) find in that game that i will <laughs> like i'll watch like the <laughs> i went through a period where i just watched like every back when netflix first started uh i remember like the only thing that was on netflix was horror movies i don't know if anyone remembers this when netflix first started it basically could only get the rights for like a bunch of shitty horror movies and so i was just like i'm gonna watch every horror movie on netflix fuck it <laughs> and some yes. of them are so bad and so unwatchable <laughs> but i'll be sitting there like yeah that scammer is pretty good like <laughs> Okay, I'll enjoy that. Like the the design on that character is actually pretty nice. I like some I like some trashy. I can recognize that things are trash and still find enjoyment in them. Yeah, I can agree with that. I've noticed that. And do you want to you want to introduce uh, Stu? Do you want to introduce what we're playing next week? Since it's your yeah, uh, sure. I actually know this one now. Okay. I looked it up before the show started so that I would know ahead of time. It's also in the next... outline I sent you. Uh, yeah, I don't read this. No. Uh, <laughs> no, I, what's funny is i look at them and then i forget what game we're doing as we're talking <laughs> so i always like i'll read them i'm like don't forget don't forget <laughs> and then inevitably i forget um next week we are playing another early progenitor to a popular series playing grand theft auto 2 the yeah. top down open world shooter do <laughs> be a blast to the past. <laughs> which, yeah, I don't. Why which actually takes now place. You can explain it next week. I'm yeah. trying to figure out why you picked. It's we'll a blast to the past week. that takes place in the future, which is actually already in the past now. And uh, I think it's set in anywhere USA. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the name of the city. I've already no, finished Liberty City the first till three, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Three was Liberty City. <laughs> yeah. I think, a I good think, one literally anywhere city i played that game as a fucking kid and i had not thought about it in years and then we started this podcast and i was like oh that might be a good one to throw in there 
I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, but we should mention it next week. There's a commercial to that game that we all need to talk about. Oh, well, I think I know which one you're talking about. We'll yeah, talk about. it's super bizarre. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. It's uh, <laughs> the one that set that that ends up setting up GTA three kind of. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> OK, yeah, we'll, we'll have talk to about that. It's a send me the link so I can watch it before the recording. So I'm not left out like I did in this one. Or I should have <laughs> watched the damn movie. That's my choice, not you. <laughs> Uh, two quick things. I, another quick thing I want to say is one, uh, Stefan did an awesome, awesome, awesome drawing of us on the cover of Sweet Home, which will eventually yes. someday, someday this year, be on a shirt that we will have in the shirt shop. Someday this year, it will open up. Yes, I <laughs> promise. <laughs> yeah, it's probably gonna be the next two months. Now that I'm done with six days, I'm gonna help Stu finish it up so we can get those up because I I wanted I want a shirt yes. and I want to sell Div- you shirts. Dibs on a shirt. I uh. <laughs> Every time I'm like, okay, like I should be free coming up. And then it's just like a shitload. Of, oh my, I, basically, every time I start a week and go like, okay, this shouldn't be that bad of a week. It's like when Mike starts an episode of this podcast and going, this should be a short one. It's like the same exact thing happens. Yeah. I, I thought that like this one might be only an hour and a half. We're already an hour 40. I'm like, this one might be under an hour. Yeah. Who am I kidding? <laughs> <laughs> It's like always you. like that, though, for us. Like, that's why yeah. I just barely finished the fucking game, because I thought I was going to have all this time this week, and I didn't. <laughs> I got that's sick earlier, Stupid too. podcast, Stefan. Remember? Oh, stupid yeah. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I made that joke on the previous episode, but it happened again. Where, oh. so, uh, it happened to Stefan again, where someone was like, he wanted to do something with him. Like, I got to play the game for the podcast. She's like, you stupid podcast. Yeah. So I still haven't finished listening to uh, Brave Friends or Musashi, but if anyone wants to know and they were curious because I wasn't able to be on that episode, I was actually leaning towards putting it on my shelf. I didn't finish it, but that's the feeling I had from what I did play. Okay. <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> and Jesse, do you have anything you want to plug before we wrap the plugs? Oh, uh, no, I don't have any projects going on, although I okay. do think I'll be uh, popping back around here sometime soon. Well, when the time's right. Two weeks to be back in the show, oh, <laughs> which I've already announced. Spoil the mystery, man. <laughs> I already announced on Facebook. Well, we're doing Resident Evil 3 Nemesis after we're doing GTA 2, right before the release of Resident Evil 3 Nemesis remake, where we're going to miss Stefan because he's going to vanish in the Raccoon City for a week or two. <laughs> Hopefully only one week, but. You know, just like I, Prince. Uh, yeah. I, and then the week after that, I'm gonna go down to Florida and get the coronavirus, so that'll be fun. <laughs> you can't uh, <laughs> you can't miss that episode that week because we have a very no, very I special am, guest coming back. I am slightly worried about that week because I'm going down to Florida and I we were like looking at things to do, and then the coronavirus just hit there, and they're like, Well, we're closing down Disneyland, we're closing down Universal. And we're like, I don't want to go there anymore. Like, I, yeah, I'm like, I, I'm a little worried about traveling there now. I don't want to end up in a quarantine in an airport for two weeks. No, I don't either. I'll and be, be bummed out to have you on the show. Be like, Yeah, to be telling some like CDC doctor, like, You don't understand. I've got a podcast. And- I just got to <laughs> set up my laptop and microphone. It'll be okay. Sir, <laughs> don't worry. I am. <laughs> Just when you go, just remember to put in your briefcase some thoughts and prayers. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just mask now so I can get them six months later. Yeah. I might have a guy. Um, I might be able to get some well, face masks. Two weeks from now, when we, when, we, when we talk about Resident Evil 3, when the coronavirus has overtaken the, the country, then we'll talk about that. I, I have, yeah. So it'll be perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to coming back and visiting and hopefully giving you guys a little bit of a history lesson because there was so much going on in 1999 when they made that. 
Well, they made the coronavirus? <gasps> yeah, yeah, that's also Conspiracy. a joke. Some people thought it was man-made. But also want to give a quick shout-out to our awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Bobby, a.k.a. Mike Stoney, from his EP, Bite the Book, Song It's Cool Kid Squad. You have heard maybe 70, over 70, 80 times at this point, because this will be our 80th episode altogether that we have produced. Only number 61, but, eh. You know, anyone who's been listening uh, to us for a while, they know how crazy we are. I think technically all human diseases are man-made because they transform in humans. Okay. I'm going to take credit for it. <laughs> Fuck it. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> so, Go, oh, yes. I also want to give a shout out to that podcast I had mentioned earlier, but I can't remember the name all of a sudden, so I'm going to pull it right back up. Uh, some of my friends read comics. It's pretty good. So if you're looking for another com- comic book <laughs> podcast, definitely take a listen to them. They're on, hey, they're on Stitcher, which is a very important thing to me. I always check out, because some podcasts are not on Stitcher for some reason. All right. This episode has been long enough. We're on Stitcher. Yeah, we're on everything but Pandora, only because I haven't resubmitted to Pandora since. We're like the coronavirus, baby. We're everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) We are. We are all over South America. We're all over Asia. People download. There's always somebody who downloads us in a lot of different countries, and it makes like almost (laughs) entire South America. There's somebody listening to this episode right now. We're listening a episode. Oh God! Not one of you has made a joke about going viral yet, and I am severely disappointed. Resident Evil Three. I am like, oh, let me joke. down, all of you. All right, I think that about wraps up wraps up this episode. I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank Jesse for joining us tonight and coming back in two weeks, and then coming back not that long after that at some point for another good game or game, but I don't remember what, what month that I set that in. Like I'm uh, not worried about. Uh, I don't even remember. I have <laughs> no, been like, I'm, I'm convinced I'm getting sick today, so I'm actually worried I'm not going to be here next week. <laughs> that would be bad. It would be bad, but <laughs> it's your pick. I'll, I'll, I'll power it out. Okay. All right. I want to thank everyone for listening, and we will see you next week, guys. That's everyone really have a amazing. wonderful, week. wonderful night, wonderful week, something like that. Uh, adios. Bye. 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 Bye.